Well, let's stand as we read from our text in Romans 12. I'm, I'm a little saddened by more than one thing. Of course, some of you know and some of you don't, or most of you know and some of you don't. Uh, Brother Wiseman's wife passed away this week, so um, that's, that's sad, certainly. Um, but what I was referring to is Martin Lloyd-Jones has been my companion in the study of Romans for all of this time. You know, I've been reading and listening to him, and it's funny, the sermons that have been preserved, there's a lot of, like, differences between that and what was actually written from his notes. Uh, So you hear some things sometimes in one and not uh, in the other, but um, he only made it through, and, and he preached through Romans on Friday nights. It was it was a, a special service that they had on Friday nights uh, for those that wanted to come and go through the gospel, or, or go through Romans, rather. Um, but he he died before he finished, so um, he only made it like through chapter 14. So I'll be, I'll be leaving him soon. It'll be kind of sad. It's kind of like when we get to the end of a book. We went through the gospel of John. We got to the end and like, oh, you know, I hate to leave the gospel of John. We got to be such, you know, companions um, that, um, no, not, not that, I mean, I, I share some, some things with Martin Lloyd-Jones. We all do share some of these things that we have the same Savior. Um, he, he only, and he, and he is, I don't know if any of you have read him before, but, but um, wonderful um, as far as books and things, commentaries. There's, there's some in, in Romans, and he did some through Ephesians, um, but wonderful works that, um, uh, that you would, would glean, you know, much from. But um, um, I also share a birthday with him. He was born December the 20th. He's the only person I know that was born December 20th. Well, I don't really know him. I mean, I, I feel like I know him. I feel like I know him because, you know, I've read so much, you know, by him. Um, and uh, I was listening to a podcast. Guess why some of this is on my mind? I was listening to a podcast this week that David Gatch, a pastor friend of mine, sent to me, um, where John MacArthur was really kind of talking about what a, a friend, though he didn't really know him, you know, what a friend, um, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And you have those writers for you. I don't know who that would be, you know, for you. You probably have some of those writers like that. Um, you know, I don't know. Who's your favorite writer, Donnie? I'll put you on the spot. How about, how, about, how about a dead guy? Give me a dead guy. <laughs> okay, yep. R.C. Sproul's, yep, mm-hmm, Gershner. Uh, good stuff, you know, there. We all have, you know, some of our, our, our favorites, and it may be like the person who said, which is your favorite grandchild? And it's whichever one's in my lap at the time, you know, so <laughs> that could be this too, couldn't it? Um, Romans chapter 12, verse number 16 is... Um, our text. Uh, it's easy to read, sometimes a little more difficult to do. Verse 16 says, be of the same mind one toward another. Um, you know, what different ways could we do that? I mean, certainly love. We love one another, so we're of the same mind as far as that goes. Um, you know, the gospel, um, the things of Christ, we're of the same mind uh, as far as those things go. But um, not everybody's in the same place, are they? You know, we, we, I was listening to uh, a pastor this morning. He was talking about when he preaches, he tries to preach to um, the, the, the level of understanding for, say, a junior high student. 
He said, I would never tell my congregation that. But he said, I want to be able to do that so that the younger people in the congregation, you know, would be able to glean, you know, something from it as well. And he said, I've also preached messages where I told the, the young people, you're not going to get anything out of this. You'll have to get with your parents later. I'm, I'm preaching to them, and they'll have to give it, you know, to you. But, um, but be of the same mind one toward another. Here's, here's the opposite of that. The opposite of that is going to be mind not high things. The world minds high things. And when you think about this word mind, you know, we got it twice, right? We got to be of the same mind. And then we got here mind, not high things. The world's going to mind high things. It, it's, it's along the lines of what we were talking about this morning as far as the Pharisees. They love the praise of men. That would be a high thing, you know, in the mind of men. It's not a high thing in the mind of God, uh, but it's a high thing in the mind of men. Um, riches, the pursuit of riches, that's a high thing in the mind of men. That's not to be a high thing for us. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. You know, we think about that word conceits. Some people are conceited, aren't they? Uh, be not wise in your own conceits. Uh, but we'll probably won't make it through all of that, you know, this morning, but... Um, we want to start certainly with being able to, being of the same mind one toward another. Um, this is not isolated to this text. This is found throughout Scripture. I mean, we even we see the Lord in, in Scripture in the garden. He's praying for this, isn't he? He's saying he's saying that that we might be one, even as He and the Father are one. That we might be one. Um, you know, so be of the same mind. That would be being one. Be of the same mind. Now I know we all have personalities. We're not all the same. And isn't that wonderful? You know, we don't all look the same. I could look out at all the men here and they, you know, look like Donnie, you know, and all the women, you know, may look like Delina, you know. And so we'd all look the same and it'd be all the same, you know, speech. Um, Anna said that her first language is English. I said, nope, your first language is East Texan. That's your first language. <laughs> your second language is English. And those who really, quote unquote, say they speak, the Queen's English would take would take uh, issue with you over speaking English and me speaking English because they say that we butcher, you know, the English language. But um, be of the same mind one toward another. That's, that's, that's going to go a long ways towards, um, you know, us interacting with one another, fellowshipping with one another, praying for one another. Um, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to go back to last week, it's, it's weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice, being of the same mind. I mean, it's, that fits, you know, within the context of that there. But this is what we want to think about and set our minds upon, you know, this morning. So let's, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are grateful as we gather here together this morning for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, uh, that we could even seek to glorify you, that that would even be a desire within our hearts. That is because of, of your mercy towards us, your long-suffering, your grace unto us. And so, Father, as we... As we um, are here this morning, we desire that we would hear from you. We desire that you would speak into our hearts and minds, that you would make yourself manifest and your word manifest unto us. We know that, that uh, we depend not upon a man uh, for that understanding. We look unto you. And so we ask of you this morning, as more than two or three of us gathered together, that you'd be in our midst also and that you'd speak unto us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So be of the same mind. One towards 
another. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 says, How can two walk together except they be agreed? So if we're going to be of the same mind and we're going to walk, if we're going to walk together, we've got to be of the same mind. How can two walk together except you know, they be agreed? As I thought about that, I was thinking about Enoch. You know, he walked with God. And um, Noah walked with God. And then you get into Genesis 17, and it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, I am the Lord, or I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. How can two walk together except they be agreed? I mean, how are we going to be able to have fellowship as a church except we be agreed? Uh, how are we going to love one another, pray for one another, do for one another except we be agreed? So being agreed, walking together, walking with God, we're, we're here called to, to, to obey this injunction to be of the same mind one toward another. Here, here's one place that, that um, really, it, it, it's, it's striking, you know, to me, you can, you can read the whole psalm, it's only three verses, but, but along this lines of the subject is in Psalm 133, verse 1. Psalm 133, verse 1 says this, Behold, notice, look, observe, you know, pay attention to, behold, how good, how and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And if you've ever been to a place where there's not been unity, uh, then you understand a little more. I mean, you could look at this and never have been in a place like that um, and say, yes, that's good, that's pleasant. But if you've ever been in a place that there wasn't unity and there was discord, then you can say, oh, yes, how good. Uh, yes, Lord, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And if anybody should dwell together in unity, it ought to be brothers and sisters in Christ, shouldn't it? Um, you know, shouldn't shouldn't we... Shouldn't we be the ones that would overlook one another's faults more than any other? Um, love covers what? A multitude of sins. So should, should we not of all be those who, who can do that, uh, that have the grace of God and the love of God uh, in our hearts? Uh, should we not be able to do that? Yes, but we also have the flesh, don't we? We have the flesh to contend with that we need to keep under subjection and submission, um, you know, so, so, um, so that we can dwell in that place because it is good and it is pleasant. Um, I, I think right now, as far as church, we're enjoying, you know, some of this. I'm not saying it couldn't be better, couldn't be greater. I'm not saying there's not any, you know, sort of, something that in God's sight, you know, might not look like discord because we can't see each other's hearts, right? And so, you know, Heath may, he may have something against me, not say anything about it, you know. And it may be something that rightfully, I should pick on my cousin, so rightfully, you know, he ought to say something about, brother, you just don't realize every time that we get together, you do this thing and it really bothers me. Uh, could you not do that? Um, I could use case in point this week, right? <laughs> um, you know, okay, so, so most everybody's like, it doesn't, and Anna's back here saying, you can't let this go. I'm, it's not, I'm just using an illustration, you know. <laughs> um, you know, there's Sister Carolyn, 
rightfully so. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't, I put my phone on silent when I go to bed at night. Uh, I've got it set up that if, if Donnie's in my contacts, if he calls me three times or two times, whatever it is, consecutively, it's going to ring, you know. But if he accidentally dials me at 4.01 in the morning when he's on his way to work and he didn't mean to, it doesn't wake me up, you know. Um, but Sister Carolyn, told, we talked about it and she's like, I, because of certain situations, I can't do that. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, sister, because if somebody woke me up consistently throughout the week, I would be a little aggravated with them, you know. So can I, for the sake of, of, of my love towards, you know, a sister in Christ, can I not send even though Donnie likes to think about the fact that I'm up, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning when he's up, uh, can I wait and send that, you know, at, at 7 uh, to where it, it, it doesn't wake her up in the middle of the night? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, this is being of the same mind. So I put myself in her shoes. How would I feel, you know, in that situation? You know, would I want someone to, you know, have some sort of accommodation if they could? You know, absolutely. And that's just a simple thing. I mean, she didn't get upset about it. I didn't get upset about it. I mean, it's just a simple thing, you know. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's what we ought to do, you know, for one another. Um, if we're going to be of the same mind, because the opposite of that is not good and it's not pleasant. It's ugly, um, and, it, and it has to do with being disagreed with each other and being at discord, and there's division, and there's schisms, and there's factions. That was high school for me. I don't know if it was for y'all, um, but that was high school. I hated school. Uh, <laughs> I really did, and, and it wasn't just the schoolwork. Yeah, and my, my, my Aunt Anita's back there pointing at my dad because she's like, he hated school too. But he never came to me that I can remember and did what his dad did. Would you rather not go to school today and go fishing? I don't remember that. If you did it, I don't remember it. Um, but um, I did not like school. And part of it was because of the kids. I mean, you had this little click over here and you had this little click over there. And, you know, and, and if you're going to fit in, you had to act a certain way, do certain things. And I'm like... I'll be so glad to get out of here, you know. And we don't really escape it, do we? I mean, you get into the workplace, and I've been in workplaces before where people are like, this is like high school, you know, and it is. Um, that shouldn't be us, you know, in the church. Um, you know, we, we talked about, we talked about the, the people that would buy a pew, and we talked about that not, not too long ago. I mean, you think about that sort of thing, and somebody their family buying a pew. That's foreign to me. That's foreign to my thoughts. Now, if I put myself back there and knew all the details, maybe there's something more there that I would say, okay, I understand. But for the most part, it's like, okay, the rich, you know, and the well-to-do, you know, they get to buy a pew, you know, and those who are not so don't have their own pew with their name on it. And so we've got this class division, you know, within the church. Um, If I sat right there every Sunday morning, and I got here one Sunday morning, and somebody else was sitting there. I mean, do I need to get all upset about it? You know, it's not, I, I didn't buy it. It's not mine. Um, you know, it's, it's, if, if, if they're going to sit there, great. You know, I'll find somewhere else to sit. Um, you know, it's, it's, so being of the same mind, I mean, I'm, I'm wanting to preserve the unity. I mean, don't we want to preserve the unity that we have amongst one another? Don't we want to preserve the love that we have amongst one another? Don't we want to preserve the fellowship that we have amongst one another? More than that, don't we want to preserve the testimony that we have amongst the world? 
Because this is one way that they would know that we belong unto him is by our love one for another, right? So, um, you know, God's, God's glory is at stake here. You know, we, we're wanting to glorify him is what I'm saying in all that we do. So, um, you know, schisms and factions and fractions within, you know, the body of Christ, that is not a pleasant thing. It, it becomes a very difficult thing to even go to church when that's happening. And some of you, I see you shaking your heads, and, and I know that you've been through, you know, those things. Uh, I've seen those things happen, you know, as well. First um, Corinthians one ten says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together. And here's a place we could just stop right there and say, Lord, we're joined together. Not sure if it's perfectly. I know it could be sweeter. The fellowship could be sweeter than it is. I'm not saying it's not sweet, you know, but it could be sweeter. It, 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 could, it, could, be, it could be deeper. Um, you know, have you not formed over, you know, your, in, in your past in, in different churches that you've been in, haven't you formed some very deep relationships with people? And wouldn't you like for it to be like that with everybody? You know, what a wonderful thing that would be. I know that may not happen, uh, but it's certainly something that we can strive towards and pray, you know, towards, but that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know, you get to Corinth, and we, there's a lot of things we see in the church in Corinth, but you get into Corinth, and you find out in 1 Corinthians 1, where Paul's saying, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been revealed to me and declared to me, it's been reported to me that there, uh, by the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. And I'm sure it saddened the heart of the Apostle Paul. Um, what, about, what about the heart of God? What, what, about, what about the heart of Christ? What about the Spirit? Uh, you know, is, is, is there grief you know, there when there's discord in the church? Sure, uh, there is. Um, but it's been reported, he said, that some of you are saying, I'm, a, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Um, you know, and it, it seems to be, you know, some connectivity there with baptism. And Paul's like, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you except for, you know, the house of Stephanus. Um, but, um, you know, it's almost like the disciples arguing amongst themselves. You remember saying, who's the greatest? You know, and, and they're, they're having this, this discussion among themselves about who the greatest is. And I'm sure it grieved the Lord. Um, you know, what are you talking about? Who's the greatest? You know, the greatest among you is the one that's 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 least you know as far as being humble and and would be the one that would wash you know the 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 feet of the other disciples you know that would be the greatest i mean the lord showed them that and washed their own feet um which you know paul or peter rather objected to and was like lord you can't wash my feet and and the lord says if i don't wash your feet you have no part in this so you know we kind of see what's at stake in in a sense don't we because this whole thing of being of the same mind you know one towards another uh, do I think of myself as better than somebody else? Um, you know, do I, do I think in those terms? I mean, the real enemy here to us being of one mind, the same mind, is pride. Um, so I'm going to use an illustration from yesterday, and she's like, go ahead. And you do it all the time. You don't even ask my permission. Um, but we're, we're coming back down the road from um, going to the farm, and, and uh, I, I, this is as far as I got. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole sentence, but then I'll tell you as far as I got. So I said, have you conquered totally? And she said, no. 
She didn't let me finish. Because I was thinking about this thing of pride. You know, I was thinking about this one subject. But, you know, could we all not say the same thing? I mean, have, have there been times in our lives where we thought, I, got, I think I got control of this now. And then the Lord brings certain circumstances around. We find out, <laughs> I don't know that I ever had any control, you know, in this thing. Um, so pride certainly is um, an enemy here. And, I, and, you know, we think about the opposite of being of the same mind. I was, I was thinking about Proverbs 6 and verse 16 where it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Right, the Lord hates something. Certainly you want to know what that is, right? Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Verse 17 begins, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. And then at the end of verse number 19, it says, and he that soweth discord among brethren. You know, that's... What a, how quickly that good and pleasant thing can be ruined by somebody sowing discord among the brethren, going whispering in somebody's ear, saying a certain thing, and that spreading and causing fractions and divisions. Um, that's not being of one mind, certainly. Um, and none of us, like I said before, you know, we think ourselves better than somebody else. None of us have reason to exalt ourselves above anyone um, you know, one, we've all sinned. That's one thing I was talking to you about, that, that fellow that I was talking to this week. And, and he was just like so appreciative of the fellowship. But then he went even further than that. And he's like, well, you know, we've already talked about the fact that you're a pastor. I just, I feel so privileged to be able to talk to him. I'm like, wait a second. You know, no, no, we're, we're, we're fellow servants is what we are. You know, uh, you don't need to feel privileged that, that I'm talking to you. I don't, did, did anybody pick up and read uh, any of that dairyman's daughter that I'd mentioned last week? Okay. There's, there's a little bit of a, of a flavor of that in the beginning of the book, um, you know, to where the, the dairyman's daughter and, and the, the, the dairyman and his daughter and his, and his wife are, I'm not going to give away the whole book, sister, because I know you've ordered it, but, but they're, they, they, they're, they're very low, you know, as far as being poor. And they're these other people that are in a much better, um, you know, situation. And they, they have been made to feel, you know, that, that, that it's, they should be privileged that a person that was well-to-do, you know, would even speak to them, you know, kind of thing. And that's not, the way, that's not being of the same mind. You know, that's, that's not what we have in the church. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, we all at one time were lost and without God, you know, in the world. Uh, we've all been saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. What reason do we have to boast? You know, if we're not of the same mind, it's because we're boasting in something of ourselves. You know, uh, pride has become, you know, an issue, you know, there. But uh, what reason do we have to boast except in Christ? You know, Paul kind of goes along those lines, doesn't he? And he's talking about himself, but but he says, I once knew a man above the space of um, was it 14 years ago that, that he was caught up into the third heaven, basically? You know, but it was Paul himself. You know, but he was speaking of himself in, a, in the third person uh, because there were these people that were boasting, you know, and we have no reason to boast except in, in Christ. Listen to some of the things. I'm just going to give you a string of, of verses, just single verses um, that have to do with this. If we're going to be 
If we're going to be of the same mind, it's going to require humility. It's going to require humility among ourselves. And listen to what the Lord says about that. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Isaiah 57, 15 says, Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I will dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And one more, Isaiah 66, verse 2, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. How easy it is, how good it is, how pleasant it is for us all to dwell together in unity when we are of the same mind, and it is a mind of humbleness. We're humble. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're all blood-bought children of God. Uh, we're all saved by his grace. We were all sinners. We, we all were, were, were once in a place where, where if we had died at that moment, you know, we would have been damned to hell forever. You know, we've all been saved by the grace of God. We understand you know, that there's nothing in any of us that makes us better than the other. You know, Brother Johnny Carter puts it in terms of we're all like clumps of dirt that have been put inside a bag and shook up and poured out. You know, there's not one clod that's better than another clod. You know, I think about the scripture talking about let the potsherds of the earth strive with the potsherds of the earth. That's not so amongst God's people. You know, the world, you know, there's that competition, you know, continually about, you know, here this person's got more money. He's the richest man in the world now. You know, this person's got this or got that. You know, there's all these titles and accolades and they're striving with one another. But what are we striving? We're not striving with one another. We're striving, you know, for the gospel. That's what we're striving for. We're striving for the truth. We're striving for the glory of God, and, and we all are joined together in striving for that one thing, you know, to honor him and glorify him in all that we do. We're striving to love one another. We're, we're striving to, to maintain and keep this unity and the bond of peace, you know, with one another, that we, that we may please God. You know, we're striving to do that. Um, again, we saw that principle last week in, 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 in weeping with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice, because... You, and we ask that question, which is harder? Is it harder to weep with those who weep or rejoice with those who rejoice? And most everybody, you know, is saying, well, it'd be, be harder to, to weep with those who weep. But, you know, the rejoicing with those who rejoice, you know, I think, you know, I, I try to make a case for anyway being the more difficult thing because if you've got somebody who is high-minded and they're going through a hard time and they see you, you know, and, 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 and things seem to be pleasant in your life at the time, how easy it is for them to be envious, how easy it is for them to be jealous of your circumstances when their circumstances are not the same. And if you're in that state of mind, how hard is it to pray about your circumstances and your situation? How difficult is it for you to rejoice in that person's situation and circumstances because they have what you do not, you know? So we're going to have to humble ourselves in order to be of the same mind. Like we said, that was the Lord's prayer in the garden where he says, Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. Um, Jeremiah thirty-two thirty-nine says, I will give them one heart. I mean, the work that God has done, you know, within us um, is, is, is a oneness. 
It's, it's, it's back to the illustration of the body, right? It's back to the illustration of the body. Christ is the head. He, there, there's the glory. Um, you know, there it, it belongs unto him. He's the head. But here we are as the body, uh, being one. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. Think about the early church in the book of Acts. Acts 4.32 says, The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. So you think about that from that standpoint. If you're going through a difficult time, do you not have, do you not have, Sister Shelby, if you're going through a difficult time, do you not have the right to expect that I would weep as you're weeping? Or that I would rejoice as you're rejoicing. You know, if, you're, if there's something for you to rejoice about, you have the right to expect that we all would be rejoicing. If you're weeping about something, you have the right to expect that we would all be weeping uh, with you. You have the right to expect comfort. You have the right to expect prayer on your behalf. Um, God has called us to such. So again, we said that our enemy here in the fulfillment of this injunction is pride. Pride will ruin you. Pride can ruin you. It can cause you to feel above everyone else. I have no reason to rejoice with those who rejoice or weep with those who weep. You can feel like others are beneath you when that is certainly not the case. Not if you possess this humility of mind that we're talking about. But we're instructed to be, you know, not to be that, not to be high-minded. That's the thing that he's talking about here. We're instructed not to mind high things. You know, high things are things that exalt themselves, right? That's because, that's why they're high. And yet we're called to be humble. We're called to be contrite. So we're not to mind high things. And when, when you use that phrase, mind, it's, it's mind high things. It's like go after. We're not to go after high things. We're not to be consumed in our thoughts by high things. Uh, those aren't to be the things that we're pursuing, high things. So we're instructed not to mind high things. And like I said, high things exalt themselves. It despises being of the same mind. I'm better than. I have more than. I'm greater than. Uh, think about Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest, you know, all the time. He said, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest there ever was. Greatest there ever will be. I'm the greatest there is, you know, kind of thing. Um, Rejoicing, you know, in that um, instead of rejoicing and weeping with those who weep and um, rejoicing with those who rejoice. But the reason why I say high things are things that exalt themselves, when we see that, 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 that sort of language in Second Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, you're familiar with this passage, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and listen next, you're already there in your mind, I'm sure, because you know the passage, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So here's the knowledge of God. Be of the same mind one toward another. Anything else is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. But we're called to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Again, do we think ourselves better? No. How can we? If we truly understand who we were, 
Such were some of you. I mean, we could look down upon people who are in that condition. You know, somebody that is now what we once were. Or we can say, Lord, have mercy upon that person because that was me. Or say to them, the Lord can have mercy to you because what you tell me that you are is what I was. I was that. And the Lord saved me. Uh, Being of the same mind, one towards another. Not being high-minded. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. Stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's what we're striving for. That's what we're striving towards. So, the world admires the lofty. The world despises the meek. And yet, what does the Lord say? Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Find rest, you know, for your souls. Um, the world admires, like we said, the, the lofty. But we're called, they get carried away with the lofty, right? Do they not? I mean, whether it's some kind of artist, you know, that sings a certain genre of music or it be some author or it be um, you know some sports figure there's all sorts of things that the world gets carried away with but as you read what we're looking at here in Romans twelve sixteen, where it says be of the same mind one toward another mind not high thing high things but condescend to men of low estate what what's really being said to us there is the opposite of what the world's doing the world's getting carried away with high things you and I what we're, what we're being called to do is to be carried away with low things. Be carried away with the humble. I, I've been carried away with people who were, were, were greatly humble. I, I remember the first time we were supposed to have Josue Contreras come this last, this last time we had a meeting, and he wasn't able to come. But I remember the first time that I met him, and he preached there at that, that conference in Bentley, Louisiana that we used to go through three times a year. Um, one thing that drew me to him was his humility. He was, he was very humble. He, you know, I, I, you go to some of these conferences and people want to gravitate to the people that are, that are, that are admired and, and thought a lot of, you know. Um, but what we're, we're being called to is, I'm not saying those people really think necessarily that way about themselves, um, but people, you know, because that's the main speaker, they want to gravitate to that person, you know. Um, that person's got a place of prominence and importance, you know, during this meeting, and so they gravitate towards that person. Um, but one thing that really struck me about him, and I've told him this to his face before, I said, brother, one thing that really just struck me about you and, and caused me to gravitate towards you, you know, was your humility. Um, and isn't it, really shouldn't it be easier to gravitate towards somebody like that? <laughs> I mean, you think about somebody that's snobbish and somebody that's, you know, full of themselves, you know, do you really want to gravitate to somebody like that? You know, well, I guess if you're trying to model yourself like the world and that was a famous person, then maybe. Uh, but, but we, you know, as far as the humble and the lowly and the contrite and the ones that we read about there, the Lord says that he'll not despise those. You know, those are the ones that he looks towards. You know, we ought to be like water. You know, water will seek the lowest level, won't it? I mean, if we pour it up here, it's going to seek its, the lowest level. You know, that's, that's us. I mean, you, you even think at the table back here, you, we, we see 
places in Scripture like that. You know, don't go take the seat of prominence because the person who's, who's over the banquet may come and tell you and you'd be embarrassed to move down because somebody else is intended for that seat. But he said, take the lowest seat. You know, take the most humble seat. Why? Well, because that's the way that we ought to think. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm, you know, mind high things. I'm not a place of importance, of prominence. You know, I'm going to take the low seat. And it may be that the person who's conducting the feast and the banquet says, oh, no, you know, you need to be sitting over here, you know. Um, so we're not to mind high things. The world admires the lofty, but we are to admire the humble. That's what we're called to do is admire the humble. What, is, what does knowledge do? What does Scripture say that knowledge does? Anybody? Puffs up. Yeah. yeah. Knowledge puffeth up. You know, we're not intellectuals. I don't come along and say, you know, I, I know so much more than you do. Well, I may know something. I know Steve knows a lot more about history than I do. Uh, I, that's, that's, that's a given, you know, for sure. Um, but does he make me feel inferior because I don't know what he knows about history? No. But some people would do that, wouldn't they? Some people would take the knowledge that they have and try to make themselves out to be an intellectual and make themselves out to be more important you know, than somebody else because of the knowledge they've been given when in fact the knowledge that they have has been given to them by God if they're you know, a, a godly person and, and they have gotten into a wrong sort of mindset you know, to think themselves above. I've also been to conferences where I wasn't important enough to talk to somebody, you know, it seemed like, because... They just brush you aside, you know. Um, I'm talking about conferences where there's thousands of people, you know. But, um, and, and it's the way I was, I was made to feel. Maybe that wasn't the case. You know, maybe that's just the way that I felt. Maybe he just was, he was having to get to another engagement that he had. I don't know. Although he was telling the person that was his assistant, make sure he didn't forget his cookies, you know. So <laughs> I kind of felt like I was being brushed aside, you know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, um, so we're called to humility Um, think about the whole issue with the the weaker brother and the meat sacrificed to idols you know here were those that were eating the meat sacrificed to idols and and those that 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 had a problem with that were seeing that it was causing them to stumble um, you know over the sight of that person you know eating uh, meat that had been sacrificed to idols even though Paul says an idol is not anything there's only one God but he said, if meat offends my brother. Does anybody remember what he said next? That he would eat meat no more. You know, basically. Um, this is verbatim what 1 Corinthians 8.13 says, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth. I'll eat meat. No more meat, no flesh lest I make my brother to offend. So being of the same mind, how important is being of the same mind in the Apostle Paul's mind? That he would eat meat no more forever? That's, you know, did he just make that statement? You know, did he mean that statement? Was that statement real? You know, was that from the heart? You know, absolutely, I think it was. Um, you know, so if it, if it causes my brother to stumble, I'll not do it. You know, so being of the same mind, I mean, that's what we find as we think about this. Um, you know, being high-minded is a temptation for the wealthy, certainly. First uh, Timothy 6.17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. You know, that would be being high-minded, trusting in uncertain riches. Um, 
It was a temptation, like we've already said to the disciples, where they were arguing among themselves who was the greatest. It's a temptation for a person in a place of authority to think of themselves higher than someone else when they ought to be like-minded. It was the downfall of the devil. Isaiah fourteen thirteen says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Um, you know, that was high-mindedness on Lucifer's part, wasn't it? Um, there was high-mindedness on you know, Adam and Eve's part. I mean, here's, here's the devil speaking to, you know, Eve and saying, you'll be like gods. Well, there's high-minded, oh, I can be like, a, I can be like God, you know, uh, not being satisfied with what God had given. So think about places like Proverbs 3, 7, be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. James three thirteen. who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom so you know we see this whole idea you know here about the humility that we are to possess to be like-minded to be of the same mind james 2 1 says my brethren have not the faith of our lord jesus christ the lord of glory with respect of persons be like-minded be of the same mind um For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth in the King James, this is a word that's been stolen. This is a word that's been stolen by a certain group of people. And you have respect unto him that weareth the gay clothing. That would be, you know, fancy, you know, garments, basically. Um, and say unto him, sit here in the good place and say unto the poor man, you stand over there or you sit under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? So in the world's a snobbish society with all sorts of tears and and uh, when I say tears, like brackets and, and clicks and things like that, uh, but not so amongst the church and the meek and the lowly. They get carried away with those things, but not so with us. If we're going to be carried away, let it be, be carried away with someone who is meek. And we see Christ in them. Because, again, what does the Lord say unto us? He says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. So we see Christ in that person. We gravitate, you know, there. First Peter 3, 8 says, finally. Some of you might be saying, really? Finally? Are you at the end? Yeah. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. You know, if it, if it were not, a, the poss- if the possibility didn't exist that we could actually be high-minded, if the possibility didn't exist that we could not be of the same mind, then we wouldn't have this here. But we do. It is possible. Uh, I'll remind you again, the beginning of our chapter in Romans 12. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. And one more passage in closing. 
And that's in Philippians 2, where Paul says in verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy. It was a joy to the Apostle Paul to see like-mindedness, being of the same mind. Fulfill ye my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And if I'm going to do something for you, and I could be doing something else, then I'm going to have to esteem what you have a need of is more important than whatever I was going to do, right? Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this isn't just something that Paul's saying is a good idea. Now, this is something that's been given to us as an injunction to fulfill. And he's even saying here that this mind was in our Lord himself, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due time he'll do what? Exalt you. Exalt you. So possess humility of mind. Be like-minded. Be of the same mind one toward another. Is, is one of us more important than the other? No. We all, we all stand equal at the foot of the cross, don't we? Um, all in need of grace. All in need of mercy. All in need of, of, of love towards one another. Um, that we might maintain this, this unity that we're speaking of. Um, this like-mindedness. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind that we might fulfill that and thus, in so doing, glorify our Heavenly Father. That men may say our good works, right? And glorify our Father, which is in heaven. All right, well, let's stand and we'll go once again to the Lord in prayer. Return thanks for the meal that's been uh, provided. Not just by the hands of these ladies, but by God himself uh, for us to richly enjoy uh, all these things God's given us to richly enjoy, to enjoy the fellowship with each other. To, we ought to richly enjoy that. Uh, we, ought to, we ought to richly rejoice over being able to have people to meet. We, here we get to meet together. We have a place to meet. Uh, we get to, to, to meet together desirous to hear from God and desirous to, to know what his word has to say unto us, to be reminded of some of these things. That we already know them, you know, some of these things. Um, what a blessing it is. For brethren to dwell, you know, together in unity, isn't it? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Dad, would you pray for us and return thanks for the meal?